This is Shop Talk, our weekly discussion of journalism issues. I'm Rich Egger. I'm Will Buss. And I'm Pam Peters. And Pam, you are uh, new to Western. Welcome, uh, new to the Shop Talk panel. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Yes, thank you for having me. Um, I am a recent graduate with my PhD from the University of Kansas. Um, I grew up in Kansas, got my master's and BA from Pittsburgh State University. And um, prior to that, I was spent nine years teaching broadcasting and um, media at Lane College in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, so I've been kind of around the United States a little bit. Well, it's timely today to have someone from Kansas on the program because, uh, as you probably have heard, uh, journalists around the country condemned the actions of police in Marion, Kansas who uh, this month raided the offices of the Marion County Record, uh, a weekly newspaper. As NPR uh, reported, the newspaper has a history of hard-hitting reporting, which at times has upset local officials. Eric Meyer is the paper's publisher and owner, and his mother, Joan Meyer, had worked for the paper until she died at age 98, just one day after the raid. She had been a newspaper woman since 1953, And perhaps one of the final things she said was in reference to the raid. She said, these are Hitler tactics and something has to be done. Several media law experts told NPR the raid appears to be a violation of federal law, which protects journalists from this type of action. The Privacy Protection Act of 1980 broadly prohibits law enforcement officials from searching for or seizing information from reporters. And uh, again, Pam, you're familiar. You've been to Marion, haven't you? Yes, I've been to Marion on several occasions. So um, I am familiar. It's a very small town. You know, you can walk across the town. I can walk across town in about 10 minutes. Um, Everybody seems to pretty much know everybody. Um, And it's in a very, like I said, a small community, small county. Um, the county of Marion County has a population of about 10,000 people. So everybody kind of knows everybody in the area. So what there. do you make of what happened here? Um, having grown up in a small town, even smaller than Marion, small town politics, um, in a way it shocked me um, and the fact that this is unprecedented um, in journalism. But at the same time, small town politics, it didn't completely surprise me that something like this, they would try to do something like that to, for whatever the purpose was that, you know, I know they're still uncovering things as we're talking, um, but whatever the purpose was, you know, it, may, it could have been in small towns a lot of times, well, it's not going to get out beyond the city limits so we can kind of do what, whatever we need to do. In this case, it certainly got beyond the city limits. Um, What do you make of the outpouring of support for the newspaper from other uh, media organizations and outlets? Um, I think it's good. Actually, we were discussing this situation in a class this morning. And as journalists, we have a lot of power, even though we may not think we do. You know, as we discussed this morning... Even though, you know, the student, the students I talked to, and this was a concern of mine when the story broke, well, if the police can do this, what's to stop them from doing something else if there's something they don't want out there? And then, you know, we talked about, but we have the press, we have the audience. So we can put this information out here. And I think this has been great. You know, this is, 
gone beyond just the state of Kansas, but nationally, even internationally, the press is putting it out there to say, hey, and I agree, you know, the the woman that died her last, these are Hitler tactics or Nazi tactics. And the press, I think, has been very good about maybe not expressing it to that extent, but really explaining, look, this is what's going on. This is what happens if you don't let a free society operate the way a free society should. Absolutely. I was thinking, you know, this is a free press and this is a this is an attack. This is an attack, literally an attack on a free press. Um, we don't uh, and shouldn't have law enforcement, uh, you know, coming in and trying to uh, control that. They can certainly air a grievance or they can uh, seek to get their side of a story or something of that nature. But this is certainly no way to do it, to try to confiscate, uh, you know, a building or, or, or computers and materials from a, from a newsroom. This is, this, is, this is outrageous. This is asinine. I don't think that's overstating it. This is, this is uh, the law enforcement uh, taking their criminal tactics just because they don't agree with the facts of the story. And uh, I, uh, I'm at least, you know, as outraged as I am as a, you know, as a journalist, a journalist and a journalism educator, um, I'm at least pleased to hear that something that happened in a rather remote area of the country is being uh, very well publicized, and many of us are coming aware of this. And I think that I think uh, you or Pam uh, Rich made the point. You know, if 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 police are liable to do this, then what? And so, what does that do to our free press? Our, you know, our industry has been under attack uh, a number of ways, and this is just another unfortunate uh, example of that. And uh, uh, you know, something people need to realize uh, what's happening here and how this affects our democracy and how we inform our our citizens. Well, these literally are criminal acts. You know, it appears to be a violation of federal law, as I mentioned. Uh, my concern is, will will there be any repercussions for this? I think the state of Kansas, I've been as I've been watching, it's slowly evolving that they are because it's also a breach of several Kansas laws. You know, one of the major laws Kansas has in effect is to protect media. Is you have to subpoena an outlet, a news outlet before you can serve a warrant to them. And the subpoena was not followed. There was no protocol followed. So the state of Kansas, I know, is already investigating that. The KBI is involved. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope there's repercussions. I think there will be to some extent. I do know, um, I've heard from people that I know there, but I've also read it. You know, there is some division within the town. There's question about, do we get rid of the sheriff? Um, you know, which that's a whole other issue. Or do we get it, rid of the newspaper? Or that's any, that's uh, also people a question. calling for that. Um, right now, so the city council's being very quiet. Um, they actually put a sign up at their last city council meeting, essentially saying we will not discuss this with several ex like forty some exclamation points. Um, so they're trying small town politics. We're going to kind of. And it may just be they're trying to figure out what to do. So I don't want to just put it on that. But um, I, I know there's some people there that don't like the paper because in a small town, especially, why are you investigative reporting us? We think it's a major thing in a larger city because it's so much more personal, I think. Because um, small town politics can get very personal. Um, and I think so I kind of have to wonder, too, you know, yeah, are they going to try to go after the paper? Um 
But I am glad to see, because I'm not always impressed with but the state of Kansas right now is stepping in and saying, let us take over. Um, we're not going to let the county continue to handle this Let uh, and the city let us take over. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I hope the paper, is, they don't make them get rid of the paper or... Um, but I do hope, my biggest fear, and I'm sure all of us in this room, is they're just going to say, well, yes, yeah, some things happen, but let's just set it aside and move on. Because I think then that leaves open for the same thing to happen somewhere else. Right. We need to see more than a slap on the wrist for, for what happened there. Uh, every place I've lived, whether it's in a large metropolitan area or a small town uh, such as Macomb, you know, people have complained about the local newspaper at times, but... Uh, as we've seen in some of the small towns in this region, you sure miss it when it's gone, don't you? Yes, uh, we're. I think we're certainly missing that now. I mean, a, a newspaper exists in this town, just not local reporting. It's not truly doing the service. Those people in Marion need to realize, and it's, again, it's easy for uh, a studio full of journalists to say this, but they need to realize how fortunate they are that they have a team of reporters, a newsroom of, I don't know if there are two reporters or 12 in that newsroom, but that they're looking out for their best interests. And I think they need to realize that. And these uh, such dire, drastic reaction happened here because someone was afraid of the truth. And we could debate the truth, but reporters, if they were worth their salt, they went and vetted the information and somebody overstepped their boundaries. And to your question, Rich, I think, yes, I hope that this is punished to the uh, most severe extent because we need to set a precedent here that this should be tolerated and a free press needs to be be able to remain you know, vibrant and, and be able to function. Uh, any community, no matter how, how large or small it is. Yes, uh, you know, every community uh, t- has uh, differing points of view about politics and uh, points of view. And if you don't agree with what was being reported, you can't disagree with the facts. Um, that's something that we, we have to agree on. But that lies in the very problems that we're having right now uh, in this in this industry or this 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 uh, our society right now is is questioning what the facts are and calling reporters uh, fake reporters and fake news. And of course, that's getting into a whole other can of worms that we have also been debating on this program for some time. But this this is where this is coming from. And I think I think people are becoming rather brazen lately. And you have a sheriff's department or law enforcement summonsing and seizing equipment. This is, uh, again, it's, I, I hope this is prosecuted to the fullest extent and and that this is, uh, people realize this is something that shouldn't be tolerated. Well, and to kind of build on that, you know, I think people tend to forget that whole First Amendment freedom of the press was specifically put in because the press's responsibility is to, you know, hold accountable those in leadership. And if we forget that and allow something like this to happen, we can no longer hold those in leadership accountable. Um, we as, the, as journalists also have a responsibility to ethically regulate ourselves. And when we do do something wrong, we should be held accountable. But that's, the, you know, on the flip side, those in leadership positions need to be too. So I think that's something that a lot of people tend to forget. Well, freedom, the First Amendment gives me the right freedom of speech. But there's also that freedom of the press in there, and that is specifically there to protect journalists in, and I hate to say it, but you in their watchdog role of, you know, holding those in leadership accountable. And a lot of times, like you said, they are the ones holding 
government officials or those in power accountable when the rest of society is not. With that, we're going to wrap up our discussion for today. Welcome to the panel, Pam. Thank you. And our listeners can join us again next week here at TSPR.org for more of Shop Talk.